Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank God. Amen. Joshua chapter 24 in the Word of God this morning. Again, I thank you all for your faithfulness to be here in the house of the Lord. Those of you that are fathers here, Amen. We do thank you. We do pray for all of you. We pray for your families. Amen. Uh, Every day. Amen. Many of you by name. We know your name. Definitely. We're lifting up your name before God's throne. We care about your lives. Amen. Joshua chapter 24. Uh, The story is told of a little boy that a father was watching him pray. And as this little boy prayed before God, before he was going to bed, the little boy in his prayer says, God, make me a good man like my daddy. The father, a man who didn't ever really pray, got down on his knees and said, God, make me the, my, the man my son thinks I am. The reality this morning, and I want to minister to the need of fathers Not just being fathers, we know there's a critical need for the fathers to be in the home, but fathers to be spiritual fathers as well to their children. I'll minister a sermon I've entitled, A Challenge to Spiritual Fatherhood. Out of Joshua chapter 24, we've all read this scripture before, no doubt. Many times have heard sermons from this scripture. Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Let us pray this morning. Father, I thank you so much. God, for your faithfulness, God, I thank you for every single life and soul, every family that is represented in this place. God, you know their backgrounds. God, you know all that they've been through. God, circumstances in their homes. God, with parents. God, mothers and fathers alike. God, I ask, Lord, that you would be the one to speak and minister this message this morning. For I have no confidence in my own flesh or my own ability My confidence is in the fact, God, I know you love every single one of these souls in this place. Help us, God, to receive your word and leave this place changed. We cast down every distraction that would assault the minds of those in this place. Have right of way, God, we give this service into your hands. And we ask all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Look first at priest of the home priest of the home. God's intention in his design for the home was for the father to be the head, 
for the father to be the leader of the home in first Corinthians chapter 11 in verse three says, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. And so this is how God has ordained and how he has set up the family, how he has set up the home in his intention from the very beginning. That the father was supposed to be the source or the channel of influence into a home. In other words, what a father chooses to do or what a father chooses not to do will have an impact on the rest of the family. That it flows downward, that this is how God had set things up from eternity past. That a father is the one who's supposed to provide the instruction and direction for his home and for his children. Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 1 says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no uh, understanding. The father's supposed to be the protector. The father's supposed to be the one who provides for the household. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8 tells us, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That this was God's, again, his intention. Listen, man, that you are to lead your family. You are to be the one in your home, uh, protecting and uh, providing for them. I mean, before God uh, 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 gave Adam, before God uh, ever gave Adam a wife, he gave Adam a job. So, Adam, you're going to work in the garden. This is what you're going to do, Adam, before you do anything else. You're going to learn first how to be a man. You're going to learn what it is to work, what it is to labor and provide for a family before I ever give you one. If you're a man in this place, it's a good idea to have a job. Ladies, if you're going to marry somebody, make sure he has a job. (laughs) Discipline given by father has greater impact. This is just uh, the way it is. Mom could be the one to give the whooping sometimes. Moms are the ones there. They're there dealing with the kids uh, and they could uh, give the whoopings. But sometimes there's a, it just has a different effect upon a child when daddy does it. I remember uh, many years ago, you know, my, my father was still alive and uh, he would come to the house. And my mom, she was the one she's there with us. Uh, you know, she's there in the home with us and she'd be the one disciplining us. And she would she'd bring that belt, the chanclas, uh, uh, you know, those are slippers, uh, you know, you know, anything, you know, but she disciplined us out of love. You know, it hurt many times, but, you know, it, w- it was there it was coming. And, uh, you know, I remember being, uh, you know, my brother had to be maybe six years old. And, uh, you know, again, we're used to getting some some whoopings, right? Belt, all that good stuff. And uh, how many had that? You know, oh, that's right. That's right. And so here we, we, you know, my dad comes. My mom says, you know, your son did this, this and that. And my dad, man, he was a real kind, gentle hearted man. He rolled up a newspaper. He rolled up a newspaper. I mean, he might have just I mean, it was barely a tap. My brother. Ah! Oh, daddy. I mean, he ran off. I never seen him run off like that. He had got whoopings from my mom. It was like, you know, whatever. But it was something when dad did, it was like, no, not you, dad. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 24 says he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Good father recognizes that this that discipline is necessary. 
and that it should come from a place of love. A father is there to make sure their children understand. Listen, there are consequences in life that you need to be mindful of your behavior. You need to be mindful. Uh, You can't just say and do whatever you want. That life is real. That life is more than just playing games. Life is more uh, uh, than just uh, uh, times of leisure. You need to be mindful of how you conduct yourself. You can't just do whatever you want. And so the father would instill and should instill these kind of things. That Listen, you can't even just wear whatever you want. (laughs) I'll deal with that later. That's another sermon. Actually, I'm putting it together right now. Where are you going? Did you look in the mirror? I'll I'll save it. Right. (laughs) The truth is that God has entrusted to you, fathers in this place, a family. And he wants you to love them and lead them as well. But most importantly, all these other areas of life are critical, the discipline and the guidance that we would give our children. But more importantly, if fathers are to lead their families spiritually in our text, Joshua and the children of Israel, they've already crossed the Jordan River into the land of promise. They have conquered enemies They've taken dominion over the land. They have established themselves. They've established cities in this place. And Joshua had led them all the way. And in the verses before our text, he was prophesying, amen, how God had been the one who had delivered them by miracles, signs, and wonders. He's prophesying. He's speaking what God has given them to say. And he's saying it to the children of Israel. He's saying it to all the tribes, to all those that were represented there. He said, listen, God is the one who delivered us from Egypt. He's the one who has conquered our enemies. He is the one who has blessed us. He was saying, listen, it was the hand of God. It wasn't just my ability. It wasn't just because I'm leading you, but God was the one who was sovereign. I've been able to lead you. I've been able to guide you. I've been able to give you strict instruction and bring you this far to cross this Jordan River, not because of my own ability or my own strength or my own understanding, but because I leaned upon God, because I trusted in God, because I prayed for all of you. I went before the throne of God for you and we saw miracles, signs and wonders and God's blessing. Why? Because our hearts were surrendered unto him. And Joshua then says in verse 14 of our text, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him with sincerity and in truth. How many know it is God is the one who provides for us? God is the one who blesses. God is the one who wakes us up in the day. God is the one uh, uh, who guides us in life. Without God, we're some jacked up people. I was I was jacked up before Jesus Christ. I'm still a little jacked up. But I remember, I remember, you know, in the world, I remember, uh, you know, I'm seeing my, my friends, you know, uh, my, these are teenage friends of mine who uh, they've had children out of wedlock. And I remember thinking, man, I want a son, too. I remember thinking this, you know, I want to be a dad. I want to be a father, but I wanted to be the cool dad. Right. You know, I'm going to have a kid because I wasn't thinking about life. I wasn't thinking about, you know what? I want a child. So, you know, her future. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm a I'm a smoke weed with my son. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach him how to roll blunts and we're going to hang out together. And I'm going to be the cool dad and we're going to party and and do all kind of crazy things. And this is this was my mindset. And this is a mindset that that is out there. 
Because without God, we have no real guidance and no real direction and no real instruction. I hope you ain't smoking weed with your kids. Hope you ain't smoking weed yourself. Say every one of us is leading our family somewhere. Let me ask you, where are you leading your family? Fathers in this place, are you leading your family? Are you leading them towards Christ? Are you leading them in a life of righteousness? Are you leading your home in a direction towards God? Are you leading them down the path of straight and now saying, family, this is the direction we are going in? Or are you leading them on the broad path that leads to destruction? Your spiritual decisions will have the greatest impact on your family. The direction and spiritual climate in your home is your responsibility. This is God-given. This is God-ordained. It is the way God has designed it and set in place from the beginning. Tells us in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he would not depart from it. That this is God's intention. Fathers, you are there. You instruct and to teach your children the ways of the kingdom of God. To recognize who God is and to surrender your heart unto him. For God is the one who will direct our paths when we lean not upon our own understanding. Fathers are supposed to be the spiritual leaders and the priests of their home. In the Old Testament. A prophet would be there and the prophet represented God to the people. The prophet would stand there and the prophet would minister and speak the oracles of God, of what God would place in his heart. But the priest would be the one that would mediate on their behalf before God. The priest would mediate on behalf of the people and stand and begin to worship and lift up prayers for the families and for the children of Israel before God in the New Testament. Jesus is the high priest. He's the mediator between God and men in regards to the salvation of our souls. But fathers here this morning and fathers that may be listening online, you are a type of mediator and priest for your family. It is a father's responsibility to stand in the spiritual gap. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. That there is great impact in the kingdom of God. There is great impact in your home and in your family when you are a person that prays, when you're a man who contends. Job would go before God's throne for his family. Job chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, So it was. When the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did this regularly. Fathers, you are the spiritual watchmen for your home. You ought to be the covering for your family, covering your home with prayers. That you're standing in the gap. You're the one who's supposed to stand in the gap. For when the enemy assaults, amen, you are there. Your prayers are standing in a place, a wall of protection, a spiritual wall, a spiritual covering for your home. That you're the one that's supposed to lead your family in a place of worship. Because what happens when you're not in that place, beloved, I know your wife may pray and she may contend. But God has set you in a place 
supernaturally where you're supposed to be. And when you're not there, beloved, the enemy has access into your home in many different ways. Access into the lives of your children. Why? Because God has set it up in a way where fathers are supposed to stand in a gap and contend. Fathers, are you doing that? Are you fulfilling your God-given role and responsibility as a spiritual head in your home? Well, look secondly at sins of our fathers. I shared this illustration years ago, but Lewis Oliver was an uh, avid gambler. This man would, uh, he spent, you know, $50,000, lose all his money. And this was his lifestyle, this is what he did, but Lewis Oliver eventually got saved. He's now pastoring a powerful church in our fellowship in the Midwest. He shared a story about how he had not seen his father for 50 years. Didn't see his father since he was a small child. 50 years had not seen his father. Didn't know really what he looked like, really who he was. And so as social media began to become more popular and to... And available, he began to uh, do searches, found his father, uh, wanted to get reconnected to his father. He's like, I'm saved now. Let me build this relationship with this man. I really don't even know. Uh, He goes up, he gets an address, shows up on the front door. And he says, when the man on the other side of the door opened the door, he said, it was like looking in a mirror. The same way I had my hair, he had his hair, the same look, the same everything. And the most interesting thing that he said was that as in conversation he was having, he discovered that his father also was a professional gambler. That the same thing. Who he was, though he did not know his father, though he had no relation with his father, the same spirit or the same life or the same things that were in his father had been passed down to him. This happens spiritually as well. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three. Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks.
You know, there are over 130,000 genes that we inherit from our parents. Genes are formed in pairs at the moment of conception. We inherit one gene from each parent. I mean, no, mom and dad. No, that's how it works. Where you get your genes uh, from your parents. Uh, uh, so you, depending on what genes you get, determine your eye color, uh, your height, uh, uh, your voice. How I many of you ever called somebody and they, their, their child answered the phone? They're maybe the same age and they sound exactly like mom or they sound exactly like dad. Uh, you get your metabolism from your parents, you know, and... Uh, you know, sometimes you could recognize somebody. You could uh, uh, you see a father and son or mother and daughter walking next to each other. They have the same walk, right? I mean, no, I'm talking. They have that that same walk. They'll laugh the same, uh, the same hair texture, uh, the same hairline or no hair, and uh, uh, you know, even some behaviors. You get, you you inherit the, even some of the same sense of humor sense of humor uh, abilities to sing even facial expressions uh, you see that they make a certain facial expression that that's, I see that same facial expression in in your father you know oh that that child is cute that's because he looks like me and not you and 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 even when you go to the doctors you go to the doctor's office you have to fill out a form and what they they ask you they ask you about your family's history. Of health, is there diabetes in your family? Is is there blood pressure? Are there heart problems? Is there cancer? Does your family have a history of this? Why? Because these things are passed down. Leviticus seventeen eleven says, "For the life of the flesh is in the blood." Many of these things and characteristics and things that you and I have in our lives have been passed down from generations. But again, what we're speaking about this morning is beyond the physical attributes and characteristics. It goes beyond the shape of your nose and beyond your eye color. But there is a spiritual DNA that is passed down through the fathers. There is a spiritual inheritance that we receive from our fathers, that this is something that is also passed down, that we inherit these things from our fathers, from one generation to another. Adam's sin passed to all of us. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Amen. And this is Joshua's concern in our text. The spiritual inheritance of the families of the children of Israel. Joshua 24, verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. When he mentions the gods of their fathers, they served on the other side of the river. He's speaking about the gods of ancient Egypt. He's speaking about the gods of their past, the gods of idol worship, of unholy altars and, uh, and unholy sacrifices. This, these were the gods of false religion and the form and the way that they worship. It affected the future generations. It affected their children and caused them to rebel in the wilderness. You know, some of the most difficult people to witness to when we're going on outreach and we're evangelizing, some of the most difficult people to witness to are people who have uh, grown up churched, people who 
grew up in church. They were born, raised in the church, their parents making them go to church uh, and uh, and they're just kind of there. But uh, but there was something not genuine about it. That they just were made to go to church, uh, to go there. It was just a ritual thing. It's just what we do in the South. It is just what we do in our culture. Uh, we go to church, uh, uh, you know, and they would do this. They do all the religious customs. They'd wear the church things. They would say the religious things. But when they go home, they live different lives. There's Jesus and the lifting up of the name of Jesus in church. But when they go home, they're lifting up the name of every perverse thing. They live ungodly, unrighteous, and they mix it up a little bit with religion. And then they're back again in church on Sunday morning. And these people, they, they, what's happened in their hearts, they're, they're in their minds. The gospel in the name of Jesus Christ has been tainted. That church doesn't have the same effect. It's not the same thing. They've got a false image of who Christ is and a false image of what a, a, a Christianity is. The children never take it serious. And many times, even if mom is serious, when dad's not serious, it affects the whole house. Say, so yeah, mom's in church and mom's worshiping and mom's doing this and mom's are always there. There's more moms here this morning than dads. And, you know, and so there's there's that issue because, hey, you know what? Mom's there. She's praying. She's contending. She's fighting heaven and hell or she's fighting hell, you know, trying to to get the kids and trying to develop a spiritual atmosphere in a home. But when dad doesn't do it, it has a, a greater profound. Well, dad's not going. Well, dad's not serving. Well, dad. And they, they always use the father as excuses why they don't have to be as faithful. Because God has set it up that way where you are the gap, you are the, the, the mediator, you're supposed to be the priest of your home. And if you don't serve God faithfully, your children see that and they follow your example, regardless of how faithful mom is. Joshua said the gods on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. These were the gods of the present culture. So, yeah, the gods on the other side, but even the gods that we are that are around us now, the gods of materialism, the gods of, of immorality, the present culture of our nation. How many of us jacked up? Our nation has become godless in so many ways. Our culture is obsessed with perversion. It is obsessed and glorifies all manner of godliness. There's no sense of moral obligations any longer. Marriage is something that is viewed as obsolete or optional. The family is being redefined by the media. God has been weakened, removed, and, and deleted from the throne and from the hearts of society. And this is the world that we're living in. The idol of self has been placed upon the throne. And what's happened, it has produced a fatherless generation. A generation where daddies aren't around. Fathers are, are not present because of the current culture, because there's this desire to the fathers leading spiritually their homes and being men of God. They choose to be men that follow after the world, after whatever lust and pleasures are out there in the world, whatever materialism. And it has an effect upon the home. Many single moms in here this morning as well. So most of the crime on the streets today is done by young men who grew up without fathers to guide them and to direct them. They run all over their mothers when they come of age. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 11 says, there's a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. They sometimes live in 
a constant state of rebellion against authority. There's some deep bitterness that's there. Some of these kids, they feel it, that my dad's not around. My dad is not who he's supposed to be. And they see this. Many young men long for that bonding with a father. And when their fathers aren't around, what happens? They begin to attach themselves to the drug dealers. They'll attach themselves to the other people who would give them some kind of attention. They take them under their wing. Young ladies without fathers in the home many times grow up wild and crazy. These ridiculous videos, they have you know, little girls twerking. Ain't easy to mom there. Work it, girl, work it. Where's your daddy at? God knew not to give me no daughters. Good Lord. Where you going? You ain't wearing that. <laughs> yeah, my wife, you, they be going to school in burlap sacks. You're wearing a bag to school. And ponytails. I don't care if you're 15. Look, your, your kid's 12. They don't need makeup. That's another sermon, too. Fathers, you don't stand in the gap spiritually for your family. It has a profound effect on your children and your family's future. This is God's message. This is what he's saying, what he's speaking to Joshua, what he wants Joshua to speak to the children of Israel. This is his concern. He's saying, listen, remember, remember the gods of the past. Remember where you guys came from. Remember what your fathers did. Remember that lifestyle. Remember what happened to them. Remember how many of them were lost in the wilderness. Look at the effect of their choices of what happened in their lives. He says, listen, I want you to look around to the fathers of this generation around you. Look at the effect on society. Look at the effect of the children. He says, listen, this matters. This matters so much, fathers, that you pay attention to your spiritual life, that you consider the destiny of your family. Consider the destiny of your children. Fathers, do you love your family? Do you love them? Do you love your children? Does their future, their destiny, their eternity, does it matter to you? So many times we could be concerned about so many different things and not consider the spiritual dynamics of their lives. What you choose is vital to the outcome, the children and family. I want to close with accepting the challenge. Dr. George Recker says a positive and continuous relationship to one's father has been found to be associated with a good self-concept, higher self-esteem, higher self-confidence in personal and social interaction, higher moral maturity, reduced rates of unwed teen pregnancy, greater internal control, and higher career aspirations. Fathers who are affectionate, nurturing, uh, spiritual and, and effectively involved in child rearing are more likely to have well-adjusted children. Joshua says again in our text, verse 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What an authoritative statement that this man has made. So I don't know what you guys are going to do, 
I place it before you. I don't know what choices, what decisions you're going to make. I've laid it out for you. But let me tell you what I'm going to do. There is no confusion in his speech. He is not wavering in any way. He is not indecisive. Let me tell you, fathers, God has made you a man. I mean, men we have here. God help us. God has made you a man here this morning. He's given you the ability to make a choice. He's given you the ability to have some type of dominion. You have a God-given responsibility to your family. Joshua said, ask for me in my house. It's possessive. There's ownership there. And this is my house. I'm the representative of this house. I'm the representative of this family. That this is what my family is going to do. He said, we will serve the Lord. He's saying, this is the direction I'm taking my family in. This is the spiritual path that my family is going to go on. And I'm going to lead them in this place. God has blessed me. God has given me children. God has given me a future. God has given me destiny. He's brought me this far. And I'm going to continue serving the Lord. This is what me and my family are going to do. What about your family this morning? It's wonderful this morning that you're in church. But it goes beyond that. It's who you are when you're not here. Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 7 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. This is our responsibility to minister and to speak to our children. It is a blessing to have a saved father in the house. It's it's evident. It's noticeable in in homes. It is a rewarding experience to lead my family in God's will. Where his will takes priority over my own. It's a blessing. I, I, I thank God that my sons are saved. It's a blessing. Something that God has done. But there's a door. So why is that? Why is God in our home? Why is, why is that taking place? God is, if you lead your family in this way, there, there's a door, the father being there. Spiritually leading has an incredible effect on what's going on in the household. An incredible effect on your home, an incredible effect on your marriage, on the level of assaults and the level of blessing and different things, standing in the gap. And God wants this for all families. He wants this for all of us. It is in his design. It is in his purpose. Listen, it's a challenge this morning. This means that a a Christian life takes effort. It's not automatic. I'd love it if I just... Come to church, and that's all I do, just come to church and just walk around and do, and do nothing else. And then blessing and, and all kinds of different things begin to happen in life. I have to make no decisions. But it is not automatic. You have to set your will. Just ask for me and my house. There's a decision that has to be made. There are sacrifices that have to be made. You have to learn to be unselfish. You have to choose faithfulness. You know, I'm going to be in church. Not just when I feel like it, but I'm going to be in church. I'm, I'm going I'm to lead my family. I don't, I don't feel like it, but hey, you know, it should be dad. Hey, everybody, wake up. Time to go to church. 
Shouldn't be mom, hey, come on, kids. And the, the wife hurt, kicking you out of the bed. Hey, fathers, you get up. Hey, it's time to be in the house of the Lord. Let's go. Let's be there. We're going to pray. We're going to be faithful. We're going to worship God. To choose to love, to choose to serve. To live in righteousness when the world says not to. To be a man that prays. And there's a real need for godly men in the kingdom of God. There's a shortage. A godly man is a rare thing. And there's a need for godly men. There are men here. You can rise up. This world has nothing for you. Nothing. Emptiness. Career. You get a career. It's over. Then what? God says, listen, I've deposited spiritual things in you. Destiny, future, the opportunity to lead a family. So this, what you do now, carries on into eternity. You can accept the challenge. Begin to make a difference inside the church. Begin to make a difference in your home. To you, every effort will be worth it. Every single one. Proverbs 20, verse 7, I close with this. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Amen. Let's bow our hearts for the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.